Hello everyone and welcome to an episode of Fit Till Friday. As always, I am your host Tudor and thank you for joining me on each Wednesday for a new episode of this show. This week I thought I would go into a bit more detail about what metabolism means. So we discussed in previous episodes a bit about metabolism, how important it is for determining how many calories you should set for yourself when you're going through a weight loss journey. But I think I did not actually go into greater detail on just how exactly to determine some things about metabolism. So I would like to start with an introduction about what metabolism actually is. So metabolism is an umbrella term to describe all the processes that are biochemical in nature that your body goes through every day to process all the food that you're eating into useful energy for your body. Now, whilst we usually refer to the metabolism as a whole, there are actually three components that are involved in it. Namely, these are the resting metabolic rate, the thermal effect of food, and the active energy expenditure. I will now proceed to basically explain all three of these in a bit more detail. The first one, the resting metabolic rate, is the energy that you require on a daily basis just to survive. (laughs) Therefore, you could equate this to if you literally did nothing in a day, not even eat or move and just stay in bed all day, then most likely all the calories that you need in a day are equal to this resting metabolic rate, hence the name. This one will almost always equate to about two-thirds of what you actually need in a day for most people, because... Most people will move during the day usually. Now the idea of the resting metabolic rate is that it's mostly something that you can never remove from the equation so to speak, but it can be influenced by quite a few factors. Chief among them are things like height, right? So things like someone that is of a higher height than someone else will usually have a higher resting metabolic rate because that usually means that they have a larger body and (laughs) they consume more calories. Same thing goes with weight, because again, higher weight, bigger body, so more calories to maintain on a daily basis. Another small factor is gender. So for example, on average, a woman will have about 3% less calories to consume in a day than a man if we base it just on the resting metabolic rate. Another thing that happens is that obviously your body has a lot of organs that needs to um, maintain every day, chief among them being things like the heart, brain, kidneys, liver, and also your muscles. These are also parts of your body that need to be maintained on a daily basis, hence why people that build more muscle will also consume more calories than someone who doesn't have as many muscles. Um, The other thing is the, basically what I described before was the fat-free mass. There's also the fat mass itself, which obviously for people that are overweight is also an important actually source of calorie expenditure on a daily basis. So you can imagine this as being something like um, two people that are very similar in height, weight, and so on, but one of them is a lot more overweight than the other one, will have more calories consumed each day. Of course, I mean, 
the fat mass is not as much of a energy consumer as for example the muscles are so that's why two people of the same weight but one of them has less fat than the other will probably consume more calories in a day now the other one that i wanted to reach is age so perhaps this is a surprise to many but basically once you reach your 20s that's pretty much the peak of your resting metabolic rate so to speak so after your 20s you'll basically see each decade that you will lose about one two percent of your resting metabolic rate this is because basically there are a lot of hormones and other substances that you will produce more in your youth but which will start to decline with age and there's also a bit of a decline in the activity of certain cells in your body which is really out of the scope of this conversation now moving on to the next big category so to speak um, namely the thermic effect of food this is actually something that when i learned was a bit surprising for myself as well but makes a lot of sense when you think about it more is the fact that basically food that you ingest needs to be processed so that means that even though obviously pretty much any food that you will eat will have a net positive aspect so to speak you will notice that a certain percentage of the calories that you ingest will actually be used to process those said calories uh, it, it is a varying amount based on the macronutrients i'm referring to proteins carbs and fats but the average accepted thing is that about 10 percent of the calories that you consume will, will be burned because of this thermal effect of food now the third category which is the activity energy expenditure is basically just a fancy term to describe all of the activity that you're going to do during the day so this can be broken down basically into two let's say broader categories you have physical um, activity which basically describes any kind of exercise that you're doing intentionally and you also have the non-exercise activity thermogenesis a long word i know but this is usually referred to as neat which is a lot more helpful and neat basically describes most of the activity that we do in a day but that isn't necessarily intentional in nature so that may be things like all of the moving that we do as part of our job all of the moving you know from one place to another part of your commute or things like you know doing chores around the house so all of these activities that do mean that you're moving around but you're not necessarily doing it as part of some exercise or fitness procedure so physical activity obviously is more on the burning side of calories let's say compared to neat but because in, in practice all of us who are not athletes and therefore don't have a lot of time for training can discovered that just physical activity is not going to contribute a lot of calories per day because it'll be something like let's say half an hour or an hour per day which only equates to like five percent at most of what you're doing during a day but on the other hand neat actually does account for a lot of calories if you think about it depending on your 
level of activity during the day. So if you've ever tried, for example, to uh, fill in one of those um, metabolism calculators, one of the questions that you will be asked is, how active are you during the day? And that's why they're posing that question so they can have an idea of how high your need levels are. So for people that have, for example, very strenuous physical jobs, need will actually account for a lot of calories during the day and drastically alter, let's say, the balance of how many calories they do need during the day. And I think that's always something that's worth noting because I think that's something that people gloss over when they think about ways to improve their weight loss. Now, of course, one thing to keep in mind is that even when you take into account all of these factors, there is still a small degree of uncertainty, let's say even to this day, when calculating basal metabolic rates and in general the idea of what makes up your daily metabolism. So unless you will go, for example, to a specialist and there are some tests that can be done to actually measure your uh, metabolic rate in a professional way, um, there is no guarantee that the um, metabolic rate that you are calculating by yourself would be 100% accurate. And in fact, research has shown that when estimating this metabolic rate and then actually doing the test to determine the actual number, there are variations even for people that should otherwise have identical results of about 10-15%. So always do keep this in mind as well that even if you find what you think is the best calculator on the internet for your metabolic rate, unless you actually go to a specialist and do the necessary measurements for an entire day, there will still be perceivable differences. So that's why it's very important when you're trying to calculate how many calories are you going to eat to achieve weight loss, you have to be prepared to do slight adjustments to this number from one week to another based on how well or how badly your um, weight loss journey is going. Moving on to discussing about this week's weight loss progress, I am happy to report that this week I have went from 123.7 kilograms to 122.5 kilograms. So that is basically a weight loss of about 1.2 kilograms. So once again, it is quite nice progress, I feel. Um, it still fits the model of being around 1% of my total weight. And the BMI is starting to decrease quite well. Again, we have a long journey ahead of us if we want to at least reach an overweight categorization instead of obese, but it progress is progress, right? So um, that's why I set up this goal as being one year long, because realistically, that's how long this should take. Now, when it comes to the eating habits for this week, I still think um, there could be improvements, realistically. Like, I've still had... Um, opportunities, so to speak, this week where I ate a bit too late for my liking. I also did a lot of movement, to be fair. I even went hiking in the weekend, and I think that helped a lot because in that day I actually did not eat too much, and that's an interesting habit that I observed for myself when it comes to fitness in the sense that days where I do a lot of exercise actually 
are days where I don't eat that much because I tend to not eat whilst on trails, for example, because it simply usually means that I'm going to have a bad time, so to speak. So I prefer not to eat during exercise. And this obviously helps with weight loss. Now, of course, I've tried not to eat too much after finishing the trail, but that wasn't really possible because I was with other people as well and kind of got encouraged to eat perhaps a bit more than I should have. And that actually also was a good sign that felt a little bit uncomfortable eating much, which is quite an improvement from my usual eating habits where I'm not really influenced by, let's say, the size of the portion or simply put just how my how much food I can put into me, basically. So I'm quite glad that now as I'm going through this journey, I'm starting to uh, have a more balanced approach when it comes to food and how much to eat and not always having to um, clean my plate and so on. So I'm really glad that I'm starting to see some differences, not just in my, let's say, conscious behavior, but also in what my body also sees as healthy um, eating habits. So there you have it. This week, again, is a bit of a success, and I'm glad that um, we're going strong still. So um, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. And I hope to see you next week as well. Have a nice day and goodbye.